That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to an all new episode of Much To Do About Nothing, the podcast with me and Joelle talk about much to do about nothing. Um, this is going to be a very exciting episode for me and Joelle because a certain small little thing, you know, nothing too serious happened. You know, the Knicks only made the playoffs in the fourth seed for the first time in almost 10 years, Joelle. It's about like eight years something. <laughs> yeah, I'm exaggerating only like three years, but it's just, it's been forever. It's yeah. Um, you know, saying it's been ten years. Bro, it's only been three years. You motherfuckers. You know, you have no idea what a trout is. Here's the thing, though, Joel. Here's the thing, right? And again, you you never fault anyone for this, but what Hog fans forget is they had that amazing team that won fifty games, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They got they got completely blown off the map by LeBron, right? Yeah, we won fifty games. And we came within a no call of a quote-unquote block at the rim from Roy Hibbert of making it a game seven. And let's let's think about this. In that game, what led the Knicks in that game was Carmelo, right? Mm-hmm. JR, uh, no, I'm sorry. Iman Shumpert, who had like 15 points. And freaking Chris Copeland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like... Like, don't don't compare the two. The last time we were in the playoffs, we had pretty much nobodies, mostly everyone that's out of the league right now, trying to get the job done. Right? Old a lot of old people trying to get the job done against a very young Pacers team. The no. Hawks got blown off the mat. I think Kevin Love was balling that game. Kyrie was balling that game. LeBron was. And you had really good talent, Al Horford, Jeff Teague, Jamal Crawford, Josh Smith. Like, you had some good young talent. Like, they weren't devoid of talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, again, I don't fault them for for losing to LeBron, but not winning one game, you know, yeah. especially after that year where I told you – that was when I was just like, I don't know who votes for All-Star, but we got we to gotta stop it. Half the goddamn Hawks roster made the All-Star team that year. <laughs> It's like that one. It happens sometimes when a team is talented, like the Pistons. Like almost the whole starting five made it, aside from Tayshawn Prince. To be <laughs> fair, you could make an argument: Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, Chauncey Billups, and uh, Rip Hamilton are Hall of Fame quality. So you <laughs> could look, you could at least look back at that and go, "Well, that kind of does make sense." I don't think anyone thinks that of Kyle Korver, <laughs> Josh Smith, <laughs> no. Al Horford. 
Like, come no, on. Al Horford has a chance, but the, you know, without a championship, it's tough. Joe Johnson, I think, was on those teams too. So it's like, yeah, yeah, Joe Johnson. So it's like you look back and you go, well, I don't really know if any of them are are Hall of. Well, I'll say this: Chris Webber is going to be a Hall of Famer next year. You know, he's eligible for it, but in the NBA, I, I've never really seen someone be eligible and not get in. Right. It usually only happens in the NFL, not the NBA. So to me, he'll be an all, uh, not an all, I'm sorry. He'll be a Hall of Famer um, yeah. next year. But you look at it and it's like, he also didn't win a championship, but. People, they don't win a championship. Right, right. No, I was just going to say, but people do also revere Chris Webber. Chris Webber, sorry, is mm-hmm. one of the top five greatest power forwards of all time. Right. So it's like, you know, clearly not winning a championship doesn't matter. It's just right. your status within the league. And I don't think right. Horford has gained a Chris Webber level of um, stature. Um, so, yeah, notoriety. Right, right. So you look back and you're like, well, you have no Hall of Famers on that team. And, ha- and like, Four of those four out of that starting five made the goddamn All Star game, and it's like, yeesh. Um, <laughs> but I am very excited for this. I'm glad the Knicks handled business. Um, they did play down to their competition Sunday. Sure did. Um, and I, I want to give Alan Hahn all the respect in the world. As soon as they announced that the Celtics were sitting their starters, he was one of the first ones that I saw. I'm not saying mm-hmm. the first ones ever. One of the first ones that I saw that immediately said, oh, this is a trap game. <laughs> he immediately true. said, this is a trap game. And I'm like, yeah, <sighs> you know, when you look at it, it's like it, it could be. Um, but to me, it was one of those games I looked at and I just went, you got a lot of hungry kids that don't get, you know, that don't get much playing time. So this is their chance to showcase like, hey, I could play against other really top NBA talent and be productive. So they were going to come out and, you know, give literally every single thing that they got. So I get it. I, I get it. And I also kind of feel like the Knicks were very much thinking they could come in, you know, blow them out by 30 by halftime, sit all their stuff. Like, I, I do think the Knicks very much came in with a very cocky attitude um, and got humbled a bit <laughs> by the by the Celtics when they got punched in the mouth a few times. But they handled business. We finished in the fourth seed. It should not be questioned who the coach of the year is. Um, say it again. Is it not to me? Yeah. Now that is I, that question has to have gone out of the window. It's so obvious. It is super obvious. And I'll say this once again: if you look at Milwaukee's record, the Knicks are not far from where Milwaukee's record is. That they could have been a viable third seed. Right. And when you think about it, Melo led the Knicks to the two seed in the East, and Mike Woodson was not coach of the year. No, he was not. But that team was technically talented. (laughs) No, 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 no. I I agree with you, but I don't think anyone thought second seed in the East. No, but at the time especially, you know, that that was their third year already, too, because they were in the playoffs the last two years previous, you know. Right. So it's like they, they're expected to make it's like the Hawks were kind of expected to make the, the playoffs this year right. due to the talent. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, Mike Woodson deserved votes mm-hmm. that year. 
um, for getting them to 50 wins. No one had the Knicks at 50. No one had the Knicks at 50. No. no. no I don't think Knicks fans had the Knicks at 50 wins. No, um, I don't even remember what my – I just wanted – that was weird here. But um, I just wanted to do something, <laughs> make noise. <laughs> yeah, not be trash. That was all we were really looking for. Well, that's the last two years previous. We were like 8th, 17th, I think, or some shit. I forget. No, we were uh, eight, another first. We were AC the first, first two years. Yeah, exactly. So like that, I'm like, I just want to be better than that. Yeah, we definitely were. <laughs> right. The first year, I think we lost to the Celtics. The second year, we lost to the Heat. It was yeah. the year where we got the one win and and then launched confetti, and it was just like, no, nah, embarrassing that shit is. <laughs> <laughs> one win. I see him when I punch the fucking fire hydrant. I'm like, yeah, let's find the. Also, when yeah. Jeremy Lin refused to play so he could get that big contract in the offseason. Right. He's injured, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's funny how that works, how Mario Chalmers locks uh locks Jeremy Lin up and makes him look human. And then from there it was just like, nah, I'm I'm hurt. Like, are you hurt or are you afraid that people have unlocked the code <laughs> on how to defend Jeremy Lin? I'll never forget that heat game. They were they legit were just guarding him at uh they were they were almost doing full court. <laughs> They were. They completely blocked him out because they, they focused on him <laughs> like the whole time. It was just boop. Uh, Which is, you know, very much um, I mean, as a player, you're like, I respect that. <laughs> like, if you got LeBron wanting to defend me, I'm doing something right and shit. <laughs> but uh, obviously, it didn't, he was not very effective that game and didn't have much else. You know, not much else I could do. <laughs> go, go after Melo. <laughs> Literally nothing else they could do at that point. Mike D'Antoni's Mike D'Antoni was betting uh, a thousand on uh, <laughs> on uh, on Jeremy Lin at that point. That was catalyst. Even when Melo came back, it was still very much like no, no, no. It's Jeremy Lin's team. That was a hell of a run, though. <laughs> that was a hell of a. Uh, that was one of Mike Breen's best bangs. Was Jeremy Lin against the Raptors? I remember that game. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I, I will say this for as much flack as Jeremy Lin gets um, as a basketball player, he does have two very iconic moments in NBA history that I think you can't tell the story of NBA without it. And it's that game winner against Toronto mm-hmm. you know, that I believe, you know, was, was one of those shocks heard around the world. And the other one was, I'll never forget this. Kobe Bryant. What do you think about Jeremy Lin? Who? <laughs> and then what he went out there and did to Kobe, Pal Gasol, Fisher, Farmar, and those guys, he put on a show against the Lakers. It yep. very much earned Kobe's respect after that game. So, to me, Jeremy Lin has two extremely iconic moments, uh, at least for the Knicks. If people don't want to add it to basketball history, I'll add it to Knicks history. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you don't exactly, you don't want to add it to NBA history, but definitely Knicks history for sure. Yeah, 100%. So, shout out to Jeremy Lin. But we are in the fourth seed, Joel, so I want us to break this down a little bit. I want us to spend some time on on these Knicks because I know we won't necessarily want to talk too much about it during Mm -hmm. the course of the playoffs, you know, as as to avoid jinxing anything. Right. Um, So, I want us to get most of it out now, uh, you know, so we don't really have to talk about it again until after either we, you know, whatever happens in the first round. Let me just say that. Whatever happens in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, but all right. So clearly we're playing the Hawks. DeAndre Hunter is looking to make his um his return uh coming off of minutes restriction. 
Um, what, how do you how do you feel uh, going up against the Hawks? I was telling my dad this is this is the matchup I wanted. This is right. what I wanted because this is the ultimate test. This is a way better test than Miami would have been or than uh, Milwaukee would have been because <laughs> the biggest problem the Knicks usually have is playing down to competition, not playing up to it. So they they beat the they beat the Hawks three times this year. So they very much have a sense of, oh, we can do this. Now it's the idea of, well, you got to go out there and do it because I my brain always goes back to, I'll never forget. Again, going back to the, the year the Knicks won 52, uh, 50, 50 games. Remember when the Knicks showed up the game four in all black saying that it was the Celtics funeral? Barely. <laughs> so they showed up to game four in the TD Garden saying that it was a Celtics funeral. They were burying the Celtics. It was over for them. The Celtics mm-hmm. took us to six games from that point. Mm-hmm. They, the Knicks were risking losing to a life alert team. So that's my point of sometimes that's what happens when you get guys who aren't that familiar with the success of the playoffs. Um, and it starts to get like Shumpert and Jr. were leading the charge of that, of let's all dress in black and it's their funeral. So I, I say that to say the Knicks have to handle their business. Nothing else matters. Don't get caught up in the beefs. Don't get caught up in, in the conversation. Just do your job, man. You know, so h- how do you feel about uh, the Hawks being our, our round one opponent? Um, I'm, I'm down with it. Like you said, like they're the more the team that you kind of want to see because we have had success against them uh, but that's that's not that's not to say that i'm not afraid of what the, the firepower of that they have um i didn't want to go into a hawks matchup because of the fact that i felt like we're probably still the underdogs technically but no we are uh vegas has us as a uh, 11 point underdog well that's right cool <laughs> which i much prefer to be going to a, a game as the underdog but I still feel like people expect us to win. <laughs> so it's like one of those things where it's like, I'd rather be a bigger underdog. I just I just feel like uh, it'll be disappointing if we get eliminated by the Hawks, even though we technically shouldn't because they are a good team. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they're not going to be easy. Not at all. Uh, Trey Young's a pain in the ass. Um, John Collins a fucking – um capella has been a beast since he's been there uh i still understand what houston was thinking about with that um they got shooters the young shooters the tough shooters they got bogdanovich who's been really good for them and uh, just a matter of who they throw at us they have they have weapons galinari lou williams coming off the bench <laughs> it's like man do they have weapons um so they're going to be a scary team to face in that first round, though we've had success against them. You know that they've had they haven't had the full squad before. You know, before uh, Trey got hurt in the last game, so who knows? You know, it's going to take all of us to take them down. It's it's going to be a defense versus offense game, and um, we're going to have to lock down. It's going to be situational, and we're going to probably get real physical with them. And maybe that's the way we you know we get through it is by getting physical with them and throwing them off yeah my my mindset uh is the first game we played 
Trey Young was 100% healthy, played the full game. He did have 30, but it, it was the idea of oh. we were able say it again. Thibault was just him that game. Right. I was just about to say, right. But we were able to kind of limit everybody else. I think Gallo didn't play that game. Um, no. We were able to limit everybody else. To mm-hmm. where it was Trey Young can go off for a hundred if he wants, but there's no right. way you're letting anyone else get 25 to 30. So right. me, that's a recipe, but the most I think the cheat code for the Knicks in this first round, and I'm not saying this like it was my thought. I did watch uh Ian Begley and those guys do their live today uh about their playoff breakdown. Shout out to CP who was on there um mm-hmm. with Ian Begley. CP called it. You gotta put Frank in. You gotta play Frank heavy minutes. You can't keep this mentality of I'm gonna keep riding with Alfred Payton. You gotta start Rose, have Burks and quickly come off the bench, and you gotta play Frank heavy minutes because Frank is very much a guy that if you know uh Bondanovich, is that am I saying that right? Bondanovich, yeah. Yeah, okay. If he if he gets hot, Frank is a great body to put on. And no one, no one is saying that Frank is, is freaking Tony Allen. But again, we always say he has length. Length means a lot. Mm-hmm. Ask anybody that tries to drive, uh, drive on Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Does length matter? It a hundred percent matters. So to me, it's like Frank could guard, could guard Trey, to take you know some of the the stress off of Rose or Burks or RJ. Um, <laughs> Throw different looks at him. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You don't, to me, the best way the Knicks can kind of, because I look at it like this. You said it perfectly. It's it's ultimately one of the best offenses uh, in the second half of the season versus one of the best defenses in the second half. Well, really all year round uh, for the Knicks with the defense. But the idea is a, a lot of people keep trying to say DeAndre Hunter apparently will be the Randall stopper. We'll see. I heard that a lot <laughs> when when Melo was playing the Pacers, like, oh, David West and Paul George, and it's like, he averaged 30. <laughs> so it's like, I don't think there's a such thing as a stopper necessarily when a guy is just that gifted at scoring. I think what Randall's problem is going to be is they're going to zone a lot. They're going to zone a lot, and you yep. got to be able to move that ball. Once you get stagnant, they got you. They got you. And then we know how Randall gets when it's triple teamed and he can't get that ball out. We're, in, we're now in a jump ball. So it's like, it's the idea of you just got to make very smart decisions, very quick decisions. And you got to work RJ. You got, actually, let me be honest here. Burks, Rose, RJ, and Randall need to average five to eight free throws per game. And I know to someone, they're like, oh, that sounds really low. Considering only Randall and RJ actually get to the free throw line, it's not. (laughs) It's not. It's actually reasonable to ask that. Uh, But I think the best way to attack these Hawks is not get too comfortable with the the jump shots. Attack Mm -hmm. the rim. Get easier buckets. Get easier looks at points. Um, Rebound the fucking basketball. It, it, that's that's going to be one of our biggest problems, man. One of our biggest problems seeing that, excuse me, as gifted as we think Nerlens and Taj are, they're not the world's greatest rebounders. They're not. So they're not. the idea of Clint Capella is a guy that 
isn't shy from averaging rebounds. <laughs> is one of the greatest rebounders. We <laughs> right, right. Yes, yes. So it, it's going to be very tricky. But the best way to do that is you got to stick on your man and you got to watch the um the uh the switch offs. Because Trey Young's gonna try to get Nerlens yep. or Todd oh, yeah. on the switch. A of, yep, a lot of pick and roll. Exactly. And when they do, yep. and because think of this: outside of Clint Capella, they got a lot of guys that can uh, score from everywhere outside of the rim. So mm-hmm. it's like they're gonna do that to space guys. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if I saw Gallo at the at the four at some points. Um, so they're gonna do it to space it, and then it takes your big out. And as, as much as we do love RJ's hustle, we don't really have rebounders like that. You know, if Julius isn't crashing the board or RJ isn't jumping from <laughs> the other rim to this rim to grab the rebound, we don't mm-hmm. have it. So those switch-offs will be crucial for yep. us, um, pulling our bigs from, from, uh, from around the rim, getting these rebounds. So I look at yeah. this. Go ahead. No, I said you got a gang rebound. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It has to be by uh by committee mm-hmm. working together to get these rebounds. That's what we gotta do. So I look at it and I go, our our three wins against the Hawks were very convincing. They were hard fought. None of them were flukes. I don't even care about the Trey Young injury one. That one was was hard fought, even when he went out. We had to work for that win. So I just look at it like this, handle your business, get to the rim, play the same kind of defense you've been playing all year. And the most important thing, Joel, the most important thing, Mm. that Hawks team can move in transition. So you cannot afford to do the quickly fouls that they do, the Peyton fouls, you know, when it's like, oh man, you know, you're too quick. So I'm going to foul you. No, no. Stay in front. Stay in front of your guys. Keep your eyes on the ball, on your man. Don't just be giving up fouls. We don't have fouls to just be giving like that, guys. We're not that deep. So it's like we can't afford for quickly to have three quick fouls in the first half. Can't afford that, man. So it's like they they just got to be smart, man. But to me, I look at it as, as I told you before, this is the matchup I wanted. Um, this is the matchup that I do believe is best for the Knicks. And um, I'm really excited. It, it, our first game is what, Saturday? Um, I think so. I'm not 100% sure. I got to check. I know they're playing tournament first. Right. And then playoff. Um, I don't know if the schedule has been set yet because the play-in is still – going but um yeah i think i think it really starts yeah, after the play-in we'll get an actual schedule i think it should start saturday though once everything is set yeah i think i think the game should be uh settled by then but if, if at the latest monday or tuesday i would assume we, uh, yeah because they're one game elimination so let me see right so it starts tomorrow the play-in games and then one yeah tuesday wednesday and the last game should be thursday right Yep. Uh, Thursday, Friday. So you have the West, the East, and the West. Yep. And then, yep. then that's it. And then Saturday should be the beginning of the playoffs. Um, I'm very excited. I, I want to, uh, unless you have something else to add, I want to get off the Knicks because I know we don't want to keep talking about it and putting any kind of energy out there. Um, do you have anything else for the Knicks you wanted to add? 
No, I think I said it all. Um, uh, I just look forward to seeing playoff basketball. It's been a while, so excited. Absolutely. Um, I already have the food and stuff that I want to order. Make this a whole big shindig, man. I'm I'm excited. But all right, let's talk more basketball. Uh, apparently, it is being rumored that the Clippers tanked to avoid the Lakers. In oh, the uh, <laughs> the, okay, so you didn't even you didn't even hear about this? No. Yeah, it's been all over the sports uh, talk world all day today. Is that the Clippers pretty much pulled an Eagles? Uh, to avoid maybe seeing somebody they didn't want to see, and to me, I, I heard I heard both sides. You know, the LeBron side saying, "Oh, they're cowards," but to be completely honest with you, if let's say if the Knicks were the third seed, right, and the Knicks chose the Celtics game to sit all their players, knowing that if they lost they would secure the fourth seed and get Atlanta instead of staying at the third and getting um, the uh, Miami. I, I, I don't know. I know some people would say that's, that's like really cowardice, but I don't know. Isn't the whole point of playing sports is the idea of matchups and, you know, securing the best possible matchup for yourself. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, like this, this whole thing, we could have had the box easily if we didn't win. <laughs> if we didn't win out, it would have been. And do we really want to play the box in the first round? I don't know about that. So, um, yeah, I, I get it. Um, uh, if that's how they played out, that's how they say. Uh, they're obviously not going to say they did that, but, um, but if that's how they wanted it to play out. Good for them. <laughs> they'll, they'll play. They're gonna have to play them eventually at, at some point. So it's not like they're running forever. Do you think it was a punk move? If that is indeed what they did, I don't like losing on purpose, especially like if you're in the playoffs. <laughs> that is kind of a bitch move, losing on purpose. Um, unless you're like literally like trying to get a pick. Because that's different when you're trying to like. That, you know, that's that's when you're like you're supposed to. You already suck, so it doesn't really matter. When you're a winning team, losing games, I'm not a fan of that. Is there any scenario where you would have respected what they did? I, I don't hate. I don't hate what they did already. You know, if that's if that's what they really did, I don't really hate it. I just you know, I, I'm not a fan of losing on purpose. Fair enough. Especially coming from uh, two guys who are fans, who are fans of a franchise that lose on accident. Uh, you got to yeah. lose on purpose. Yeah, don't tell me I have to lose on purpose. I mean, we lose already on purpose. Yeah. So, not on purpose, but like. Yeah, no, accidentally, honestly, like we don't go out there like, oh man, we're going to lose today. Like, no. I hate And everyone's like, oh, you should be fine if you lose to this team or that team. Like, I don't give a fuck what team I lose. So I hate losing to those teams. Yeah, I don't care how I mean, much. <laughs> I, I said this to you and you corrected me before, but I was saying to me, getting out of the first round and you know, whatever happens in the second round, I could sleep at night knowing we've already exceeded our wildest expectations for this season. Am I okay with, with losing in any degree? Of course not. I'm the guy that's been saying the Knicks will make the playoffs for like almost every year that I've known you. So of course I don't, of course I don't Probably. want them to lose. But um, you know, to me, it's 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 being realistic. 
you know? And, and it's why I told my dad, who's very much like, oh, it shouldn't matter who we play. The Knicks are ready. And I'm like, I don't think I don't think you get it. I don't <laughs> I don't think you get why it would not be a good idea to play Milwaukee in the first round. I don't yeah. understand why you don't understand that. I, I don't get Our it. Ch- Getting the second round, they're slimmer against Milwaukee. <laughs> it was like the year we made the AFC, and we were like, "Ah, oh, shit, Miami finished number one? Great. Why, don't, you don't want to see it. Yeah, I don't think any Knicks fan was just like, LeBron, our first round? Yeah. yeah. Oh, what? I don't, what? Why couldn't the, the Pacers, nobody else wanted that one seed, huh? Nobody else wanted to get that from Miami? So, to, yeah. I was explaining to him on how analytics matter, uh, matchups matter. Like, my dad is very much the guy that thinks um, when you play 2K, whatever the player's overall is doesn't matter because it's based off of the person controlling the controller. And exactly. I like to remind him that, Dad, if if I'm playing as Shaquille O'Neal, right, I can't just shoot threes because I'm controlling it. You yeah. have to shoot threes, Dad. Like, like you can't, you can't just force your way to do things because you're, you're playing as him. That's not how the game works. That's why everyone has ratings. If ratings yeah. didn't matter, no one would have ratings. Everyone I'll would give, be the same. I'll give you an example. I played for the first time in forever, uh, 2K. I think it was a couple weeks ago. Um, and I, well, no, I have, I could one I haven't played since like the beginning of the season, and I wanted to see what the like how what, how much better the team plays now since when I first played it. When they suck, you know, apparently, <laughs> I want to see if they actually can hit jump shots and shit. Who's different? Um, and yeah, like Randall was way better. Uh, Derek was on a team before I didn't even have Derek was on a team before. RJ was hitting jump shots like before none of that was possible. Even fucking. Uh, Peyton was hitting layups, like never hits a layup. And then those things, I couldn't, it was impossible, especially if there was a good defender under the basket. You know what I mean? Um, and playing that Bucks team, like, it's still impossible. <laughs> like, like, it's, it's, it's still as closer than it was before. But that Bucks team is still a bitch to play, even with the team as good as the, as the Knicks team is as good as they've become, you know? Right. Because and the ratings do matter because it doesn't matter how. They over exaggerate all the time with some of these guys. You can't, you can't make a layup on this guy because it's this. Oh, fuck out of here! Bullshit. Yeah, and, and uh, you even see it. Like I know you don't play Madden, but you even see it in Madden. Like if you play oh. against, if you play against Julio Jones, they have this uh, thing underneath players, and uh, it, it's like different uh, abilities. So it's like Julio Jones is like a deep threat. So like. It pops up anytime he's uh, anytime he's one on one. He'll get open all the time, and it's like, well, now you have to be smart enough to make sure you got a safety help. Maybe you have to double him. So it's like it's never just the idea of like, oh, hitting X circle triangle square. <laughs> it, a lot more goes into it. Like you can't play Giannis, and it's just like, oh, well, like what what adjustments did you make? Oh, none. You know, I'm just making sure I'm hitting the buttons right. What? No, that's not how you, yeah, how you play. I'm like, oh, I should have. Because if you don't play for a while, I forget certain things. I, I forgot how to, like, I, I forgot to do an alley-oop, all that shit, you know, because I haven't played in a while. Um, and I'm like, are there certain strategies that you can play tighter defense and you can do this and that? And I'm like, I forget to do all that extra shit. 
But that's important if you really want to win some of these like, hard games against harder teams. You actually got to think, <laughs> not just react. Yeah. You know? And I told him, I tell him all the time, is he 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 believes that, and he'll probably never budge from believing that. But I tell him it's just, it's as simple as watch watch when they do Madden tournaments. Watch when they do Madden tournaments. You never just see them hitting buttons. There's preparation mm-hmm. to it. There's strategy yeah. to it. They know who they're playing. Like it's not just like oh, man, I hit the button wrong, and that's why I lost. It's like, no, maybe your game plan was bad. So yeah. to me, it's it's like statistics matter, numbers matter, um, you know, and he's very much of the old school. And I'm like, unfortunately for, for everyone that's of the old school, numbers mattered back then. <laughs> like, yeah. you didn't have the knowledge of it mattering, but it mattered back then. No. Yeah. If and these Jordan, games are way more realistic now. <laughs> right. If Jordan was 48% from three, that's a statistic, a very important one, because it lets you know, I got to make sure I guard him at the three-point line. I can't get him open. That matters. Those, those are, you know, when they say, oh, you know, no one cares about the numbers, guys. It's like, well, those numbers, guys, are how they can make your defense more efficient against someone else's offense. I can tell you right now, there's a numbers guy every time a team plays uh, plays Steph Curry. There's a numbers guy that literally grows gray hair trying to figure out how the hell to get this guy <laughs> out of a comfort zone so he's not making 80-foot three-pointers. Right. I'm like, these these stats do matter. They do matter. I get that they're used to just lining up and let's just go play. I get it. But to your coach who has to get all these X's and O's, these numbers matter. Um, last question about basketball before we move on. I'm curious your thoughts. I know you don't care about either team, but I think you can agree it will be a good game. Uh, who are you taking out of this Lakers Warriors uh, playing? Lakers Warriors. Well, that's a good question. Um, I think I'm still going to give it to the Lakers as long as they're healthy, but I would I would not be surprised if the Warriors shocked people, considering how well Steph is playing. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say I saw the last game LeBron just played in before the season ended where mm-hmm. he uh, landed on the dude's foot and I guess rolled his ankle a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that will play any, uh, if that will play into any of this, this game coming up, mm-hmm. um, you know, because clearly it seems like he came back a lot sooner than he wanted to, but the Lakers were just losing consistently since he was gone. So it was just like, well, AD oh. and LeBron both can't be gone like this entire time. We need we need you guys. So I think he came back a little earlier than he expected and you know the rest was there. So two games under your belt right before the playoffs. I don't care how much experience you have coming off the injury that he is at the age that he's at. We'll see if that has any, you know, if that has any effect on him at all. Um I'd say this, if this was a first round matchup where it's the best of seven or, you know, the best out of four, whatever, however you want to classify it. I would mm-hmm. say, yeah, a hundred percent. I think the Lakers, a hundred percent. I think the Lakers could one game. I don't know. I like you just said, Steph's been hot. I don't know anyone on that roster that's guarding Steph. You going to put AD on him? You can put LeBron on him. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. So me, I'm going to say because, you know, I'm going to take a book, a page out of Joel's book. Joel loves an underdog. 
And that's what Golden State is right now. So I'm going to go with the underdog. I'm going to say I got Golden State coming out of this. Ooh. Yeah. Um, hopefully, you know, hopefully it's just a good game. That's all we care about because we could care less about either one of those teams. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I just want to see a good game. and That's it. Should be good. One-game eliminations are very exciting. A hundred percent. I'm also excited for – I was really – I'm really hoping that Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal can get this win because I desperately want to see Russell Westbrook in the first round versus Kevin Durant in the Brooklyn Nets. I need that. Oh, that would be fun. I need it so bad, Joel, because clearly the Wizards should not be even in the same room as Brooklyn talent-wise. But right. I tell you this, if Russell Westbrook has shown you anything, this team was hot, smoldering boo-boo before he just decided, you know what, we got a play-in. I can just get us to a play-in. You sure did. We got it in. You got him in. <laughs> yeah, he got him in. He got him in. So it's it's the idea of a guy that can do that. It's really hard to it's really hard to doubt this. Yeah, because that's some that's some uncharted territory. Not many like people if, do that. If there was no play in, he'd be they'd be the ace. It's crazy. Yep. Um. So before we get out of basketball, uh, I want to ask your opinion on that. I think we talked about this before, but I don't even remember. Last year is just such a blur. Um, are you a fan of this playing scenario? I do. Yeah, I am. I like it. I like it. I, I dig it. I do. I really do. Cause it, it prevents those like right there, prevent them from like tanking. I like that. Like that nine, 10, you got 11 and 12 trying to get 10, nine. Like Washington was at the fucking bottom. <laughs> they fought to get all the way to where they were. Right. Yep. So they could have stayed where they were. They, they, they were getting better. They kept winning. I said, fuck it. And they did it. They got there. They seed. And you know, they're not exactly the healthiest team, but they're not a team. I don't want, I don't, who wants to see Washington in the playoffs? <laughs> you know what I mean? Look, they're not healthy, but as long as Beal and Westbrook are healthy, that's scary enough. So, right. But they'll look, but if they make, if it's the eighth seed, it'll, it'll be against Philly, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, I I personally do like to play in only for the standpoint of it's less fluky when you go one through eight because, you mm-hmm. know, whoever's six, seven, and eight, they're the best possible six, seven, and eight. It's not just like the year um, Orlando got in against – who was it? No, I'm sorry, not Orlando. Detroit got in against Milwaukee uh, one or two years ago. And it was right. clear that, you know, it was literally the best of the worst possible people that could be in that bottom spot. And it was just like, why are we, why did you even televise this? You literally could have just said, you know what, Detroit, you don't want to play four games of this, right? Like you don't want to, you don't want to be a part of it. Cool. We're just going to call it, call it a dub, move on to the next round. <laughs> like you're horrible. Right. And it was really bad to watch. So to me, if a team like that makes it into six, seven or eight, I can live with it knowing it's the best possible six, seven, or eight. I could live with that. I could live with that knowing, okay, all right, you know, this team isn't all that great, but they had to beat a really good team to get in here. So maybe they can make a little bit of noise. Um, so that's the only reason why I'm a. am looking at it from your standpoint, and it's a good point, excuse me, of 
it kind of takes teams out of wanting to tank because it's like right. you, you have an opportunity to make the playoffs. You're going to pass that up? I don't think right. so. Yeah, right. so I like it for both like- reasons because to me, it's the idea of we love basketball. So when we go to watch a game, we'd prefer for it to not be so, um, I guess, um, unfair. You know, right. watching Giannis and, 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 and these guys take on a Pistons team with no Blake Griffin at the time. They had no Blake Griffin. So it's like, who yeah. is on this team? Like, what, <laughs> what are we watching right now? Yeah, it's a, it's a waste. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, you're telling me there was nobody better that could have been in this spot. So to me, you're making it very, very, very difficult, and I love it. I, I, I love it. I love it. Um, all right, anything else you want to add of basketball? Oh, no, I think that's it. Yeah. Unless you want to discuss the, the playing games. Yeah, we can if you want. Sure. Okay. I know we got uh, Grizzlies and Spurs. Spurs. You know, it's really interesting because I think we said years ago, Joel, picturing mm-hmm. the Spurs not in the playoffs is like the weirdest concept. And it's possible it could be two years in a row they're not in the playoffs. Yeah. So it's the idea of like, I, you know, being – being a fan of the Patriots and seeing Bill not make the playoffs really hurt me. So I'm like, I damn sure don't wish that on Pop. These two, these two guys are old as shit. They don't have much left. No. <laughs> so it's like, if they're about to end their careers not making the playoffs or being like one of the worst teams, it's it's a horrible feeling. Um, right. But, you know, you want to see John Morant and these young boys make that evolutionary step. And they can only do it if they're in the playoffs, if they're in competitive basketball to where, uh, you know, this is it. This is what you played all year for. So, I don't know. It's tough for me, man. I, I, I'll just say I could go either way. If the Spurs win, great for, for Pop's legacy. If the Grizzlies win, great. Because I, I tell you right now, the more I see RJ play, the more I'm just like, I am not convinced that if uh, Memphis had to do this draft over again, they don't look at RJ differently. <laughs> so maybe I mean Jaws is freaking nature. So a hundred percent. But I tell you what, when you think about and I'm not talking about you know projections or any of that, we always say the best ability is availability. And the only guy out of that top three who has been extremely available is RJ. Yeah, he has been. <laughs> so it's like it's not just that he's been available because, you know, there's plenty of players that are available, but they're trash. RJ has been available and has upgraded tremendously from year one to year two, not even to mention from part one of year two to the second half of year two, he has expanded his game. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anyone in their right mind that does that draft over again. That doesn't at least think twice before uh making that second uh that second pick like damn that's tough you know i I compare it to taking blake griffin or steph or steph curry both of them took a long time to develop into the guys that they are today right you know blake griffin you know is obviously a little differently his injuries have kind of 
uh, messed him up on the trajectory he was in, especially his first to last year in uh in, in LA before he moved mm-hmm. on to uh to um Detroit. But you look at that and it's like there's no way if you're the Clippers and you redo that draft, you don't look at Curry and go, eh, I should take him. <laughs> I should probably it's worth the risk. So to me, that's how I view it. Uh, but what are your thoughts on Spurs Grizzlies? I think it's gonna be a fun matchup. Um, the Grizzlies are a nice young upcoming team. They just got Jaron Jackson back a couple like two weeks, three weeks ago. Um, so he's still being acclimated back into the lineup. Um, um, they haven't really used Justice Window since he's been. I mean, they use him, but I don't know if he's he hasn't been he's been used recently. So I don't even know why. I don't know what's up with that guy. Um, but the Grizzlies in general are an interesting team because they have a lot of young talent. They they you know they're led by Ja, uh, and they they they're excited. they're kind of fun. They're a fun team to watch, you know. Um, then you have the Spurs, um, basically led by um, Demar Derozan, um, who plays small, like real small. They fucking have Calvin Johnson starting a power forward, um, who's six <laughs> five, um, and they're just a team you should never sleep on because they're led by Pop, of course, and they're also somewhat young. They play a lot of young guys. Um, I don't know if um, Derek White will be healthy for this playoff run but he's i mean he'd be valuable to them if he can come back uh but i'm I'm not sure if he'll be healthy so we'll see i guess um but if he plays that might be a game changer but we'll see yeah to me it's one of those it's really weird and we said it before joel what's his name that came for uh winslow i thought winslow was best when he was a uh when they were playing him at point yeah weirdly weirdly right and clearly you're not going to do that now with John Morant but to right. me I don't I don't know maybe Winslow coming off the bench as a point wouldn't be all that bad he's a he's a really solid defensive player who's not all there offensively but to me a pass friendly defensive uh kind of guard kind of guy isn't mm-hmm. bad to have you know right. it's, it's not it's not a it's, it's essentially well, no, it's not the same as Frank because Frank can obviously hit threes. I mean, Winslow can also, but I think Frank is a little better at that. Um, I don't yeah. know. You might need you might need a Winslow on a guy like Demar Derozan. You might if if they use him. I don't I don't know if he's hurt or not because I know he came back. I'm not sure what's up with Winslow. I'm not sure what what's going on with with justice justice right yeah like that. Right. Um, I mean, but I look at I look at Winslow the same way I look at Knox for the Knicks to where it's like it's another body that you can afford to kind of just utilize however you need it. So if you're just like, man, I need somebody that can play solid defense on whoever. Um, it's not a bad body to throw out there. It's just can this can this guy live up to be more than just a body being thrown out there? Like, can he go out there and do something? Well, right. Um and, you know, by do something, I don't mean drop 30. Just if I send you out there for defense, can you go shut that guy down? Right. You know, so I don't know, man. But I, to me, he's always been an impressive an impressive thought of a player. What I mean by that is he has a talent to be good at something. It's just never clear what that something is. Right. And uh, I think well, he seems to be healthy. I just checked him out now when he played the last game, I guess, for Memphis. Well, he played the last one of the last games for them, and he had like twenty five and thirteen rebounds. But that's because everyone probably was hurt or some shit. But either way, 
Um, he put up a nice stat line, but well, he get. But the thing is, I don't know if he's in the rotation. <laughs> I guess we're gonna have to wait and see when the playoffs start. But um, he's been in and out this whole season, so it's been it's weird. Yeah, I just hope I hope that uh they can get that team on the same trajectory that Phoenix got their team. Albeit, as much credit to Monty and those guys, I do think a lot of uh the success of Phoenix is Chris Paul. And for anyone who's like, oh no, you can't you can't put it all on Chris Paul. Look at what Chris Paul did in Houston, and then look what Houston did the year the year right after Chris Paul left. Yep. OKC. Yes, OKC. Exactly. And look where OKC is this year. So yeah. it's the idea of he drastically changes the franchise. Yeah. Drastically. So it's like who knows what Phoenix looks like if Chris Paul is just like, you know what? I'm retiring, you know? So I'm like, you know, at least to see a team, because to me, Joel, you know how, how everyone always says basketball is great when the Lakers, the Bulls, the Celtics are good. I've never subscribed to that. I always subscribe to the league is its best when teams you've never heard of being good start to become good. Because that's when teams become more attractive. And that's when you can get the Grizzlies that aren't sucking for 30 years. You don't get the, you know what I'm saying? Like, how long has it been since the Bucks were, were garbage? It's been a while. And that's been good for them, you know? Four years now, I think. Right. So it's like, to me, it's the idea of, I like to see smaller markets uh, get turned around. Because the reason why big name free agents don't ever want to go there outside of the fact that who the fuck wants to live in live in Memphis or, or goddamn Milwaukee. But besides that, they're not, they're not well run. They're just not. Why, why would I want to come live here in a boring ass town? And you're not even good. So it's at least if I'm winning, I can say, well, shit, I'm, I'm winning and I, I don't have to live here in the off season. Yeah. But if I feel, I, go ahead. No, that's why I feel bad sometimes with like, uh, like the Sacramento Kings and shit like that. Like, right. Right. Like but, I, but it screams to why the league is better when teams like that are better because you get you. It's kind of like, to me, I like to walk into a sport kind of like a murder mystery. I like the idea that I don't know who the killer, AKA the competitive teams uh, are, are going to be, you know, it, it's very likely it could be anybody. I like that feel. I don't like coming into it going, damn, the season hasn't even started. It's going to be Warriors. You know what I'm saying? Warriors Cavaliers. Like, I hated that feeling. I hated yeah. coming into that season going, why are we even here, bro? They just got yeah. Durant. The other team has LeBron and Kyrie. We kind of know where it's going. I don't like mm. that feel. I don't. I don't, I don't either. So to me, that's why I'm like, if all these really small markets can get a lot better, that's when basketball should be at its best. In the 90s, in the 80s, you weren't getting just the the Lakers, the Celtics, and the Bulls. You were getting the Supersonics. You were getting the Rockets. You were getting the Jazz. You know what I'm saying? You were getting – it was spread. It was spread. So to me, that's when the league is at its best. So, you know, shout out to to Memphis. Hopefully – um. They can kind of keep it rolling. Um, but we talked, we already talked Wizards in the uh in the Celtics. We talked Lakers and the Warriors. What other games am I missing? 
Oh, sorry. Um, you have what did we talk about? We talked like his Warriors. Yeah, we did yep. talk about uh, Pacers Hornets. Ah, there we go. Oh, uh, I'll let you go first. What What are your thoughts on that that matchup? Ah, well, it's weird because they're both like not fully healthy, and it, I hate seeing teams that are not fully ready to go. Right. Uh, and the Hornets are almost there. Like they miss Hayward. And I don't know what the fuck's going on with Hayward. Uh, is he ever coming back? I have no idea what happened. I think they said it was a foot when we played them Saturday. Okay, is he? I think, but it, I, don't, I don't know. Foot, but like Clyde didn't have like the information. But I, I think, I think it was the idea of he was gonna sit out these last few games with the idea of if they made it. I think he might be like a Mitchell Robinson situation, Joel. Honestly. Okay. Okay. Depending on how far they go, even if it's in the first round, he could maybe come back, you know, if they make it into the first round. Okay. He's one of those cases. Yeah. Like you said, like, all right. So that sucks. Uh, but yeah, that guy was helping them out a lot before he was healthy and they, they've managed to stay afloat. So good on them. Um, and then you got the Pacers who are super hurt too, with you know, Miles Turner being out, TJ Warren being out for like the whole season. Apparently, TJ Warren had beef with the coach. <laughs> uh, so that might be the reason he took the surgery when he did uh, okay <laughs> um, but uh, I guess you can count him out for now he probably won't be around next year um, who, who else is missing oh my, uh, Brogdon has been out uh, the Pacers have been somewhat injured and, and fucking um, Sabonis has been in and out of the lineup with injuries too that man's a beast when he plays so um Man, that matchup is kind of even because of the fact that I think um, if the bonus is healthy, he, I think he gives the Pacers the edge. Uh, but I'm not sure if how healthy they'll be because uh, uh, the Hornets are like they're not they're you can't sleep on them. They they're, they're kind of explosive, you know. They're, they're young and explosive, and they get out and run. And Terry Rozier can get hot, and Lamelo just starts throwing shit around, and then and like Miles. Bridges starts dunking everywhere, and fucking PJ Washington fucking shooting from everywhere, and you never know. The Hornets can get hot and, and can definitely take you by surprise, so you don't want to sleep on them. But I think possibly I might give the edge if if Sabonis is healthy. He might, I think they, he gives them the edge. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with you. I'm giving the edge to uh, the Pacers, but purely because I believe in Levert that much. Oh, yeah, I forgot in Karis LeVert. Yeah, sure. I believe in Karis LeVert that much that I think Karis LeVert can be what they need him to be. And this is his, this is his time to shine, man. You wanted this. You know, I don't care what he says. He was not going to be happy being the 19th fiddle. Mm-hmm. Nets. He just wasn't. He would have never really gotten truly the time to shine. So now you're in you're on a team you know, not, not by yourself, you know, obviously you were just naming all the players that were hurt or whatever, but this is your team. Go lead them. Go do your job. Go do your job. So (laughs) with, even with the injuries to me, all I, all I have to say is if you're playing playing a bunch of injuries, all I need to see is that you're capable of doing your job. You do your job. I will be the one that will gladly say, you know what? He didn't have enough help. That's what it came down to. He just didn't have enough help. But if you're not doing your job, no excuse I can make for you, homie. Doesn't matter if you had if you had your, you know, 
your best players are not. You didn't do your job. You should have done your job. So with me, I think Karis LeVert is one of those guys that's really going to show out uh, and show up. And I, I think that'll get the Pacers into the playoffs. And then what they do from there, honestly, Joel, who cares? They are nemesis, so we could care less. <laughs> <laughs> In regards to this game against the, the Hornets, um, I do agree with you. I do think the uh, the Pacers will take it. Yeah. And it looks like Brogdon might actually play, so we'll see. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, so I'm sticking with the Pacers. Uh, who else have we got? Uh, and then the, the Washington versus um, – just said it. <laughs> Boston oh. versus Boston. Oh, okay. We talked about that a little. People have been making a crap ton of excuses for Boston this year, and I'm not liking any of it. <laughs> I am not liking any of it. I keep hearing, oh, you know, the, the injury riddled Celtics with players going in and out. It's like, dog, really? You think that hasn't happened to majority of the league this year? Majority. I mean, majority of the league this year. We just had the Lakers lose two of their best players at the worst possible time of the year. Yeah. The worst possible time of the year. So, to me, I don't want to hear any of that. As long as Kimba, Jason, or Jalen Brown at any point in time, as long as one of them are on the court, it is still their job to show up and show out. I I don't want to hear that. You have three all-star players on your team. Three. I don't want to hear an excuse. I don't want to hear nothing. Go do your job. So yeah, J- Jason Tatum is a, is a beast, you know. And this is his time to show it. You lose this game, Jason Tatum. The narrative will not be good. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see who they start. Probably, I don't know. We'll see who they start for Jalen Brown, who's obviously going to be out. Maybe I guess they stick a start Fournier if they wanted to. Um, they can. Um, Fournier is an option. I mean, they looking at the, the way Jabari Parker was playing the other the other day. Why not think about that? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I guess whoever they at the end of the day, whoever the fuck they want. But um, we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, by the way, Jabari Parker might be one of my most um, disappointing favorite players ever. Yeah, that happens. He is disappointed. It has been disappointing for him. He's had ups and downs, and he's had like moments where he kind of looked good. And I just want him to be consistently good, so so you know it doesn't look like he's a legit bust. Because right now, yeah, number two pick, and he's he just took off waivers from <laughs> by Boston. It's just sad. I'm going to always say this. To me, he'll never be a bust because regardless of how inconsistent he is, Andrew Wiggins is not, is not a thousand times better than, um, than Jabari Parker. So to me, it just makes it seem like that was a pretty weak draft. <laughs> Rather than saying that either one of them was a bust or they weren't what they, you know, what they were uh, propped up to be, I would just say, you know, Maybe it wasn't that as good of a draft as we thought it would be with these two guys. Well, they're definitely not as good as we expected them. But I will say, because I had Andrew Wiggins on my fantasy team, he was actually pretty good this year. <laughs> I'll give him credit for like at least putting up numbers, you know. Oh, okay, good. I mean, goddamn, do something. 
<laughs> do something. Um, but all right, so those are all of our playing games, right? Yep, that's it. Four. All right, let's move on to the company that never ceases to amaze us, Joel. Warner Media is, and I'll let you break this down because I don't know what's going on. And I thought the best way to not have a headache today is to not ask questions and to not care. Uh, <laughs> but Warner, Joel, correct me if I'm wrong, selling some portions, uh, AT&T selling some portions of Warner over to Discovery. They're merging, seems like. Discovery TV and, and uh, Warner Media are merging to create a new company. Um at the, at the moment, it looks like AT&T may look to sell off eventually, but right now they're merging Warner Media with Discovery. Um, I, I think we wrote some stuff here. Hold on. Um, oh, all right. So the plan is to spend twenty billion dollars a year on streaming. Uh, Jason Kalar will still keep stream uh, streaming position for now, even though I've we you know we've heard that he's looking to leave <laughs> a brand new company name will be announced in the next few days. Um, what WB games to be to split ownership, which is weird. Uh, Dale does, does include DC comics discovery now co-owns DC comics with Warner brothers. Interesting. <laughs> Rooster teeth uh, was also part of the state. So hmm. this sounds very much like, a Fox situation. This sounds like this sounds like AT&T's way of saying if this shit doesn't doesn't correct itself soon, it's literally too much of a headache for us to continue uh for us to continue with it. Yeah, I think AT&T is just what was over their head or what with purchasing uh what they did. They definitely weren't ready for what they got, you know. Right. And I spoke to Kanan about this today. He was uh, he was throwing out Universal. He was throwing out um, uh, God, I completely lost my train of thought. Uh, Universal. I was throwing out Amazon. Uh, I, I mean, to me, if you're Amazon, do it. Go do it. Go do it. Like, now. Because clearly they've shown with just two shows two shows and two IPs that not a lot of people are even familiar with how great of a job they can do because they let their directors and their teams do what is best for the IP. I told you when I first saw that first episode of Invincible, I said, there's no, and I even had to ask that to Robert Kirkman. There's no way they let you get away with this. How? And he was just like, no one even said anything. And I'm like, that's impossible. like he just ripped a guy in half how did they say yes to this so amazon gets it and you know you know netflix also netflix i don't know they're they're, sometimes they're hit and miss with some stuff they've been really good though i finished Mm -hmm. castlevania and i loved every second of it excuse me so to me um it just has to go with, with somebody who is passionate about the ip that's just what it what it comes down to but to me, I, 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 I have the same mindset. We got to come together the same way we did with Fox. We didn't go see some of those X-Men movies. And it led Fox to say, you know what? Fuck it. Here, take it. We, we, we don't want it anymore. So shit, if we got to do that with DC, 
I will bite that bullet to get them removed from whoever is running things right now and <laughs> put into better hands. I, I, Joel, and you know it will hurt my soul. If I know affecting pockets is the only way to get AT&T to fully sell Warner Brothers to somebody else, I will not see the Batman in theaters. I, yeah. I will bootleg that shit. It'll take more, unfortunately. Say it again. It's going to take more than you. Oh, no, 100%. For sure, for sure. But I'm just saying, I can only do my part. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, the rest of the world does theirs. I can only worry about me. So, for me, if that's that's what it takes, I will make that sacrifice, man. We got to get them from up under Warner and and AT&T. It just has to. They have to go. They just have to go. Um, Go ahead. It's a weird situation because I'm not really sure what the purpose of all this is. Obviously, they want to expand. Uh, by doing it, they definitely sp- spread their wings more like internationally with Discovery Channel because mm-hmm. that's that's far-reaching. So I guess it gives them more... That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Gives a more di- a more diverse catalog um, with the merger, um, and definitely more appealing for buyers. So if that I guess that's maybe the purpose of the merger was to help sell it off. You know, like oh, this is now it looks a lot better when that was Discovery added on. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's what's going to happen. But now you got the CEO of Discovery running all of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now he's like head of Warner Media and Discovery. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know him that well, so I guess we're gonna have to get get to know his name, David Zaslov, and uh, hopefully he's a fan. <laughs> I mean, he just first thing he said was he will spend top dollar on talent. Well, good. That's sure. the same thing. That's the same thing Ballmer said, and then he went out and proved it by going out and getting Kawhi, paying Lou Will, paying all these players to build this super team. Um, so it's like, shit, if you can go build the DC super team, go do it, go do it, you know, but to me, it's, it's a show improved, man. You know, being a DC fan is not easy and trust does not come, does not come easy by us. Should have their own studio. Like, like Marvel does. It's just, it should be its own thing. I completely agree. And like I said, all it takes is the studio allowing that and then just allowing it to be run by people that are passionate. It doesn't take one individual guy. It can be a collective. It just has to be that the IP is more important than the money. Because it's always like, you know how they always say, you can't get into it to get women. You got to be into it to get money 
and with money comes everything else. That's how you have to approach it. If you give it to people that care about it and it's good, your money will be there. It'll come. I promise you. Because we'll spread the word or people will want to be in on the conversation so they'll go out and see it. But you just have to make good things. I'm tired of people going, oh man, I haven't started DC yet. What's what's this? What's this suicide squad? And it's like, oh Jesus. Um <laughs> uh yikes uh just wait for this new one to come out <laughs> like like I, i'm tired of i'm tired of thinking of what dc's doing wrong and having to find ways to navigate around it to get people interested right the worst feeling it's the worst feeling yeah it sucks uh i i love them but they're frustrating and it's because it kind of feels like we've been stuck in mud for the last couple of years. Even though we have new stuff coming, it's just people harping on the past and not letting shit breathe. It's so, so toxic. <laughs> um, just We need to let shit be renewed. Like, we need a, the, the, honestly need a rebirth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's fresh again, you know? And I think what bothers me the most is me and you, and we're, we're not going to spoil anything here. But the DC animated universe reset itself, and we liked the direction it was going in. Right. So it's like, does any of these moves affect anything James is doing over there? You know, I, I didn't hear the words animation. So it's like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I, I have no idea. You know, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, raise the alarms. I'm just stating I have no idea what that means for anything. So it's like, we like the direction that we're going in. We actually were kind of like, well, do more of that. That's really good. We enjoyed that a lot. But now it's like, well, is everything on hold? What, like, what's, we have no idea what's going on. And again, I told you the worst feeling is to allow us to answer or create the narrative. You got to get out front at, at some point and just say, hey, listen, guys, this is what's going on. Don't, and I'm sure when we get to fandom, they will. It's a long way from now. Mm-hmm. It's a long way to have, I don't know, circling in your head. So to me, if you can jump in, create the narrative, let everyone know, listen, nothing crazy. You know, we're just, you know, it's a turnover. It's, you know, turning a new leaf, turning a new page, whatever. These guys are going to be helping us uh, put the best possible content out, blah, blah, blah. I think I can get behind that, but it's the idea of, Everything you just read to me, I still have no idea what the fuck any of that means, Joel. <laughs> like what, what? Like when you were breaking down saying, you know, uh, this is the new guy that's kind of overseeing both. Uh, I still have no idea what that means for the DCEU. As of right now, nothing. Because until it's a, a pact is, is done, you know, it's, it's right, right, okay. business as usual. Right. Uh, um, so if it goes through and everything's fine, all I'm saying is I just would like to know what the new leadership's mindset is for this this IP going forward. Right. Yeah. I mean, as of right now, Walter Armada is still in charge until that changes. Not sure. Not sure. <laughs> so if it goes through, do you think mm-hmm. this guy keeping everybody that, that exists now, do you think he, he's going to do an overhaul? Uh, there might be. It, it depends. Like with Kalar... Clark apparently doesn't want to stay, and he's been uh, a force. Um, 
with everything going on up top, especially on HBO Max. Um, so if he if he leaves, there might be a lot of overhaul. But um, again, we don't. I don't know if he's in charge of like the DC side of things. I just know he's in charge of HBO Max things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not sure how that changes them very much. And obviously, with new bosses, things can change very quickly. Um, but obviously, as long as whoever's in charge now understands that DC is a huge property and the IP is going to bring in money, you don't want to fuck up too much shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on because that's, oh, goodness, that's a headache. Uh, apparently, Dune is playing double Dutch. Apparently, Dune said, or, oh, well, not Dune. Apparently, Deadline said earlier that Dune would release in theaters only. Now the report's coming out saying that Dune will still continue to release in theaters and on HBO Max the same day, despite reports from Deadline, that it would only release in theaters. I'm very much of the idea of, I have still not, you know, taken the the vaccine shot. So I still very much am not interested in going to a movie theater. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to Dune coming out on HBO Max so I can be able to watch it. Um, but but what are your thoughts, Joel, on this apparent double dutch between whether it will be theaters only or theaters and HBO Max? Uh, I prefer with both, you know, if I get the option. I, I honestly can't wait to go back to the theater, but you know, I'd rather everything be a little bit safer. Um, but God, I, I fucking can't wait. <laughs> it is uh, part of my stress relief to go to the theater. <laughs> so I've been stressing. Um, um, I said, I miss it. And I definitely don't want to be in there with a mask on. It's fucking annoying. Um, I do hope they keep the whole um, separated seats thing, though. I do like that. <laughs> I don't need people right next to me. I'm good. I'm the only one person I need next to me. Thank you. Um, but like I, I like I said, I hope it does that it goes through that it comes out the same day, so I don't have to like I've, I've gotten used to watching shit at home anyway. Um, but I also miss the days where like, oh shit, we're planning to go out, we're gonna go watch it tonight, this place at this time, so I don't have to fucking be you know watch it early and shit. I can just watch it when I get there, you know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I know a lot of people don't want it, but I really do hope that more studios decide to go with the uh, the 50-50 of it, mainly because I think the one thing this pandemic has taught me is not every movie needs to be seen in a movie theater to be enjoyed. Um, no, not at all. I very much told you I was looking forward to seeing Kong vs. Godzilla in, in Dolby. Uh, you know, I, I've, been, I've been telling you that for the longest. And then I sat here and watched it on my TV and I'm just like, this is a pretty cool experience. You know, obviously it's not the, it's not the crescendo of experiences. Um, You know, it's like, like it's comparing the carnival to Disney world. Is the carnival fun? A hundred percent. Is it Disney world fun? No, No, but I can still have a good time. So to me, that's all I equated to. It's like, like, I don't need to see jigsaw in theaters. I just, I don't, I really don't. I'd rather watch that at home. So that's why I'm saying I wish more th- more studios would be open to the idea of that um, because I don't know, man. I- I'm going to say this now. The fact that I could say I got the vaccine and go to the movie theater and I don't have to provide any identification 
on the idea that I actually did get vaccinated scares the shit out of me, Joel. You know how I many people could just that don't want to wear masks that could just say they got vaccinated? As long as I got vaccinated, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, well, yes. No, I get you, but it's the idea of, like, <laughs> we're depending on an honor system here, and it's just like... No, at the moment, it's, it's a broken, because you, you gotta show proof, or else, well, what are you doing? Like, whoa. Doesn't make any sense. But if, as long as I'm vaccinated, and I know I'm good, I don't give a fuck if you're lying. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Joel said it like it was a suit of armor Like ain't shit touching me I am fine I already went through that shit I survived once, I'll do it again <laughs> Kid Joel, I tell you um, No, I, I just I, I don't know man, I, I don't know I, I don't feel like I need to see Dune in theaters That, that That's all I'm saying um, So I do hope I have the opportunity Of having the option Of watching it at home um, all right, let's move on. Amazon is said to be having discussions on purchasing MGM. I hope they do. I can't tell you how uh, nerve-wracking it is searching across many of platforms just to see one arc of Daniel Craig's James Bond. It is infuriating. <laughs> so infuriating. Luckily, I have them. <laughs> right, and, and even um, CBS, CBS All Access, the uh, you know, it it, it merged into something else now, whatever it's called. Uh, they, Paramount um, Plus. Right, you know they have the first three Mission Impossible's, but nothing else. That's annoying. Wow. Why? Like that'd be like if Peacock was like, "Hey guys, you want to watch Harry Potter?" And it's like, "Yeah." And yeah. Like, one. We got three of them. What? <laughs> like, what? What is that? What do I do after the third one? I got to go search at somewhere else to watch the last five? Like, that's stupid. That so is stupid. Me, it's just the idea of, all right, cool. If you buy MGM, I love it. I'd love to be able to watch all the James Bonds in one sitting and not have to worry about, well, here's one on Hulu. Here's one on Amazon. Here's one here. I got to buy another one. Just put, put these things all in one spot. And I don't know why people don't do it. I still have no idea why uh the amazing spider-man and spider-man and friends is on disney plus but i can't find spectacular spider-man yeah i don't know i forgot what i forgot what it was something something involving sony but i don't i don't know it's weird i don't get it well tell you what sony take spider-man and his amazing friends and give me spectacular spider-man they don't own (laughs) oh my god it's so frustrating I just, to me, it, it, I very much like for all things to be in one spot. Be in one spot. That's it. That's all I ask for. I mean, they're working. <laughs> if I'm here for bread, I don't want to search through bread and see a bag of grapes. Like, what, why is this here? Get it out of here. <laughs> Put things where they should be. Um, but what are your thoughts on Amazon uh, trying to buy MGM? I was lukewarm because I really don't know what what's on MGM. Aside from, I guess, the, the James Bond movies. Um, and... I have them, like the ones I want, at least. Um, except the newest one, I don't have Spectre. Um, but I need to get that. Um, but I don't know what else is on MGM, so I'm not as excited. And I need to know what's on MGM for me to get a little more excited. Because I'm like, Amazon's awesome, but what does MGM have that I really want? You know what I mean? No, I, I get you. Like I said, outside of um, James Bond, I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> I just I just needed my James Bond to all be in the same spot. That was it. That was it. So I'm with you. I don't I don't really off the top of my head know what else is yeah. in him, but oh here it is. I think this is what did it. 
for Spectacular Spider-Man. Um, it, it was produced and distributed by Sony. So I think they own the rights to it. Suck a fat one, Sony. Well, then get a goddamn streaming service so I can see Spectacular Spider-Man. I'm not paying $20 for the, the whole first two seasons. Well, I mean... Sorry, $40. I think it's a, I don't know why it's not available anywhere to stream. That's stupid. That's what I'm uh, saying. Like, put it somewhere so I can stream it. Right. It's stupid. But you could definitely, um, I mean, you could pay to watch it on like Amazon and Apple and shit like right. that. Yeah. $20. Yeah. Exactly. For 20 episodes. I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. I'm sure. Come on. Are you guys ridiculous? Come on. I don't need that shit. That more, yeah. $2 an episode. <laughs> even worse. Yeah, come on. Oh, shit, no. That's ridiculous. They, they managed to never have sales. Like, there's never like, oh, man, we're going to have a huge sale, guys. It's only $13. It's like, all right, I can do that. $20 for something I'll probably watch once or twice and then forget about? No, absolutely not. Right, no. And, yeah, Sony doesn't really have a spot yet. I mean, they have a deal with Netflix, and then they have a deal with, uh, obviously, um, with Disney in a couple of years. So they'll be bouncing around. <laughs> Maybe it'll pop up there. We'll see. Hopefully. Um, according to Zack Snyder, he wrote a third 300 film during the pandemic, but got a hard no by Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers really just doesn't fuck with Zack Snyder. But me, no, and, you been, me and you have been trying to tell people that for the longest. Yeah. We've been trying to tell people that if not, if for the fact that Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman and Jason Momoa's Aquaman weren't such big hits, they would have rebooted the whole world. Just to get out of Zack Snyder. Yeah, I agree. We've been yeah. saying that for forever. And Zach came out and finally confirmed it uh, the other day w- with his remarks about um, they were willing to put out his movie unfinished. And it's like, Zach, duh. Yes. Why is this confusing to you? Like, and what makes it even worse is I was saying this on our GVN talk. What makes it even worse is if you're Warner Brothers, right? You're like, okay, we broke up, right? Doesn't matter why, you know, you you said some things, I said some things, but we broke up. The issue is Zach is the is the kind of dude that is always showing up, seeing who you're dating, wanting no, you know, uh calling you saying, Man, I left my toothbrush there. Can I come, can I come get it? It's like, dude, you have to stop. And he just won't stop. And it's like, yeah, I could understand how that would rub Warner Brothers wrong. They're trying to sell the Justice League movie that they put out. Albeit, I think, Joel, me and you agree, they went about it completely the wrong way. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to sell the one that they put out in theaters. And now you're trying to sell one that is not canon. So what do you think that does to Warner Brothers when the fan base now wants your version instead of the one they actually released? Mm-hmm. You think that would make them happy? <laughs> like, I, I don't understand why he always sounds so shocked when he talks about this this betrayal of Warner Brothers. Zach, they don't like you. They don't like the movement you set. They don't like any of it. Yeah, they, they got a lot of they got a lot of harassment. Hundred <laughs> percent, Joel. I'm sure whoever's running Warner Brothers does not like the constant emails and hashtags of restore the Snyderverse, give us the air cut. Give us the uh the Kathleen yeah. cut. They're sick of it, bro. They're sick of I'm sick of it. I've been sick of it. Like, <laughs> so it's like if we're sick of it and we're the consumer, they yeah. have to be sick of it. 
and he, yeah. he keeps leading the charge. Showing off that photo of Green Lantern, what do you think that's going to do, Zach? Why? 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 You know what I'm saying? So it's it's at this point to where, and I I, I said this a year ago, maybe yeah, maybe a year and a half ago. He very much wants to still be in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. He can't. I don't think he he knows a world where he's not as important as he is today. And albeit, yes, I do think Warner Brothers handled uh, the situation with him losing his daughter and everything horribly wrong. Deciding mm-hmm. to go on and continue to make the movie. I think they handled it wrong. I get you, Zach, but it happened. It's over. AT&T called you, gave you your Snyder Cut, funded your Snyder Cut. You got you, you to gotta help us just move on now. You got to tell your fan base, let's focus on Army of Dead. We're moving on. I mean, I would, I would love that. Just, just, just go forward. I want to move forward. That's all I've, I've been saying that for years. I just want to go forward. <laughs> I just want to move forward. I'm tired of going backwards. <laughs> I'm like, there's a lot of new people that are like becoming aware of the just you know, the Snyder Cut of Justice League. And like, oh, that's awesome. I want to see more. And I'm like, yeah, people have been screaming for fucking five years and shit over that. I'm think I'm I'm over it. I just want to go forward. I am. Uh, I am. And, and, and I don't like the idea of people saying they don't want to support DC going forward if they don't. And it's like, what? Why? Then you're not fans. You're not fans of the IP. You're just Zach fans, which is okay. But then you can't be in these conversations about what the DCEU is doing going forward. Because clearly that's never been anything you cared about. You're more focused on what Zach built. Do you think I didn't love Josh Whedon's uh, first Avengers movie? I did. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I really did. There was there were segments of Age of Ultron that I loved. I really did. Mm-hmm. But I had to open myself to the Russo brothers, and I have not looked back. Mm-hmm. That the Russo brothers are gone, I have to open myself to whoever the next guy is that's directing. You know the next big team up. You got to move on. You just have to. You really have to. So it's just frustrating that the more he shows photos of Green Lantern, the more he hypes up, this is what I wanted to do. It's like, Zach, you have a movie coming out. And I keep hearing your name being talked about in DC and not about your movie. Mm -hmm. Focus on that, bro. Let's hear more about that. Let's hear about your movie. Well, I can't wait for that movie. It looks I good. can't either. I can't wait to 3 a.m. watch watch Army of Dead. Scared yeah. scare the hell out of myself. 3 a.m. Watch that at some point to let staff that Friday. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get you. I get you. But but our, our, our point is our point is the same that you know we would like to see Zach post everything DC to where DC's not mentioned ever again. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like this, we moved on. Like, stop. I don't like we got it. We got your movie. It came out, you know, it's awesome. But that's why, Joel, that's why we said it was such a dangerous game to play. Because yeah, it was. once you did it, if it worked, you were not going to have the situation go away. Mm-hmm. We said it, Joel. We said it numerous times. It's why at some points we didn't even want it to happen because it's like. They're not, they're not going to be they're not going to be satisfied with just this. Just, no, they're, hell they're, no. They're but all right, 
enough stressing about that. Let's move on to some more DC news. Uh, apparently, Abrams has no plans to direct any DC films. Is that shocking to you at all? Little, but also like, okay. to be more specific the exact quote was he has no interest in directing any of the projects he's producing for DC Mm -hmm. so like you know a lot of the projects he's overseeing you know he's saying I have no interest in in doing that (laughs) I don't want to direct it and Joel what is our catchphrase we only want people here that want to be here Right. So if you don't want to direct it, guess what? Don't direct it. That's right. If he sounds just produce, okay, cool. I mean, that's all I want to do most of the time. (laughs) Right. So it's like, all right, we get it. Move on. Okay. You know, no, no news here. All right. Mm -hmm. Um, I did want to ask you this. James Gunn said, um, the itch that he had for a Thunderbolts movie was scratched once yeah. he uh, signed on to do Suicide Squad. Um, excuse me. Does that make you sad at all to know that the guy that pretty much is one of the greatest team-up uh, directors didn't, um, you know, now doesn't really have any interest in doing Thunderbolts now that the itch was scratched with um, Suicide Squad? What was the question? That Was I sad? Yeah. Does that like? Are you sad at all? Like, damn, James Gunn would have really nailed the Thunderbolts movie. No, I'm not sad. Whatever, I'm gonna get Suicide Squad, so I'm cool. <laughs> Fair trade off, I guess. Yeah, I like Thunderbolts. Whoever ended up Thunderbolts, God bless him. All right, let's see. Let's see what else we got here. Um, have you finished Transylvania? You mean Castlevania? Castlevania. So I, I was looking at the trailer of <laughs> Transylvania. <laughs> Castlevania. No. Sorry, Castlevania. Uh, no, not yet. I'm. I think I saw the first three, and that's where I'm at right now. Okay. Um, it has a very satisfying ending. Um, <laughs> so you'll you'll definitely be happy with with how they decided. I still don't know why they decided to end it. I, I guess they were just done with it, and you gotta always respect that. But it's like, God damn, man. You could do more here. <laughs> like, why, yeah. did you, why did you hang it up so quickly? You could have done other things here. Um, off, so I don't know what that's about yet. So we'll see. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably need more once I see one ends. <laughs> yeah. Now, once you get there, you'll you'll definitely uh, hit me up and be like, ah, yeah. Uh, did you catch in, uh, the latest episode of Bad Batch? Yeah. Yep. Short. <laughs> Very short. Uh, I I again. I will say this, like I said, for the boys, once you gave me three episodes in one week and then you thinking I'm okay with you giving me one episode per week, go to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Giving me over 70 minutes in the first episode and then like 15 to 20 minutes for the next two, go to hell. Go to hell, Dave Filoni. You can go right order. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> like, like I swear, I took four sips of my soda and looked up and was just like, how did the credits end already? Where did what what just happened? Where, yeah. where did the episode go? <laughs> like, uh, that's it. I was watching it with April and I'm like, and she was like, you gonna explain it to me? I'm like, yeah, I'll explain it to you. Like, what are you, you gonna pause it? I'm like, it's about to end. nothing to explain it's about to end you're about you're about to get all of it right here um 
All right, so I want to ask you this. AJ vehemently disagreed with me, but um, I'm curious what your thoughts are. I pay attention to things that that uh, that have repetition in shows or movies. Anything you say more than once, you clearly want to make sure that I'm paying attention to it. When Wrecker hit his head, what were your thoughts when you saw that? Like, was it just, oh, he hit his head, whatever? Or the fact that he hit it and they kept bringing up that he hit his head. Were you like, oh, maybe it's maybe it triggered something, maybe it knocked something? What, what were your thoughts when you saw it? Well, I didn't even notice that it hit his head. <laughs> really? That's all he kept talking about <laughs> the, whole, the whole episode after they uh they crash landed. I probably wasn't paying attention. I had no idea that was. An issue. Oh no! <laughs> I didn't catch it. I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah when they crash landed. He slapped his head really hard. Uh, he slammed his head. I'm sorry, really hard. Um, and throughout the episode, he kept just going, man, my head hurts really bad. So to me, um, you know, and again, he didn't say it like every two seconds, but he said it a, a few times to kind of, you know, let the viewer know like, hey, my head, it really does hurt. Um, I thought it's possible that he could have knocked something loose. And, you know, again, people forget this because they don't know this. Order 66 does not go away. So once it's said, and once the clone uh, receives it, it's it's go time anytime they see a Jedi. It's not just, oh, I killed the Jedi. It's good now. No, that's forever lasting. It's why they ended up getting rid of the clones. Uh, <laughs> once the clones mistook Darth Vader for a Jedi, the Emperor was just like, it's probably best we get rid of them. Um, but yeah, Order 66 does not just die when you, when you kill a Jedi. Like, oh, yep, I, I've scratched my itch. It's gone now. Like, no, that's forever. Um, but we see what they're putting, um, God, crosshair through. Yeah. It got dark. Yeah, it did. I was just like, whoa, Dave, 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 children. There, there are children watching this possibly, Dave. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, but I loved it. I love Crosshair's uniform. I love the all black, uh, very, very, very uh, military like. I also like that this is the first step of uh, stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Loved every second of it. Um, and I also love how Crosshair's his slogan is "Good soldiers follow orders," and right. my orders was to kill everybody here, kill everybody, and it's like. I don't think those were the orders, Crosshair. <laughs> like, I, I think he just said Saw Guerrero's people. This isn't, these aren't his people. Um, so I, I love that. I love that because it let you know right there what the difference between clones and regular people, are, like regular soldiers are. Clones, mm-hmm. It's programming. That's it. There is no feeling, no heart. It's programming. It's I have a job to do. I'm going to do it. And for regular soldiers, it's, no, I have a heart. They have nothing to do with this. I'm not going to kill them. So I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I'm loving it. You know, you already know I'm loving Omega. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love that, you know, this episode was her kind of trying to find her own footing. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they're, they're still teasing whatever her ability is. Uh, yeah. Something. That's, that's I, what I'm waiting for. I believe she's force sensitive. I think that's what's going to be the big thing. I think she's force sensitive. I really do. Uh, AJ believes that she's just going to be a mix of everything that the the Bad Batch is. Um, to me, I don't know. To me, that's very lazy. Like a mix of everything they are. Like we already have that with them. 
<laughs> why would you why would you do that you know what i'm saying that'd be like if they were like hey um you know no i have a perfect example of what that is it's what i first thought when i first started reading flash comics where it was just like all right flash is fast and it's like oh cool all right who's his villain reverse flash it's like all right i'm nervous ass what does he do well he runs fast also wait wow what why <laughs> why did you just why did you do that um you know clearly I, I i read the comics more and it's like okay i i get it but to me i don't i don't need carbon copies of anything like if the bad batch if each one of them has specific abilities i don't need to see one person with all of their abilities in one right what the fuck do i need the bad batch <laughs> i just use her so to me it's like i i do hope it's not that you know, I don't need it to, if, if she's not force sensitive, cool, whatever. I just don't need it to be a carbon copy of five guys I'm looking at already. No, so, I, I just hope it's just, I just want it to be something like interesting, you know? Right. Right. Whatever. right. I am very curious. They said at the end of the episode, they want to essentially, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, an ultimate form of cloning. Like they want the perfect mm. soldier. That they can present to the Empire. Man. I'm telling you, the first thing I thought was, and everyone keeps saying I'm crazy, but I'm like, everyone thought that when Filoni brought back um, Darth Maul, and that wasn't canon. He made it canon, bringing him back alive. I think this could either be, this could be connected to the same experiments that Pershing had. This could be this could be connected to the same thing Pershing and Moff Gideon were doing in The Mandalorian. They needed Grogu. We assume Grogu's blood was for Palpatine, right? For Palpatine to make Snoke. Right. What if the original version of that was not for that? Because clearly Palpatine was still alive. I do believe that if they're looking for the perfect soldier, it's one or two things. It's either a clone that is force sensitive, which is the ultimate goddamn weapon. Mm. Or I think we could possibly get a retcon of Starkiller. <laughs> That's true. You're hoping it. I'm not saying Starkiller himself. I'm saying a version of what he was. And because I don't know, a lot of Bad Batch, you know, a lot of people are speculating a lot of Bad Batch could maybe spill into some of what we see in. Um, in the Mandalorian going for clearly not right away because this is eons before the Mandalorian takes place. Uh, I wouldn't say eons, but yeah, several years. <laughs> well, uh, way more than several because remember this is right at this is right as Revenge of the Sith. Yes, but we're talking maybe forty years. Yeah, I, I consider that eons, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that forty years is just like. What happened? Um, but yeah, so I, I think it's one I think it's one of those two things. I think it's either a force sensitive clone or they've they've mastered being able to uh replicate a, a Jedi. Excuse me, and that's what they're going to try to serve up to Palpatine. And I think that might have been what gave Vader the idea of trying it. Um, and that's what obviously led to uh Galen Malik, aka Starkiller. Um, so I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know where Dave's going with this, but I'm excited. I'm very excited. I can't wait to see Rex whenever he shows up, Ahsoka, Ahsoka. when he shows up. 
um, I'm just really excited for this show. It, it's a great step in the right direction. And, you know, I've always told you I'm not a fan of any Star Wars uh, project that doesn't have lightsabers. But mm-hmm. damn, if he doesn't make Bad Batch so good. <laughs> like, yeah. So far, so good for me. I mean, I enjoy the camaraderie of the, of the four of them. Um, curious if Crosshair comes back to the light side. Um, Did you cry when they when they made the room for, for Omega? I didn't cry, but I thought it was cute. You know, I thought it was adorable. I really want to see what happens with Omega. Um, like it, what ability she ends up having, like what role she plays on the team. They seem to like her, but at least the, the, the well, I forget what they're called. What do they call those aliens, the cloning ones? Uh, I call them Camonians, but that's not what they're called. Okay, uh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so those guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, they seem to use her as like an assistant. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe it's something me- uh, medical. Uh, I don't know. So. I looked at it more so as the uh, I, I they're aliens, so I don't really think they specify if male or female. But the the female one, I think she was like a mother to Omega. And that's a weird clone, but like a female clone. That's just that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I I think Omega is the first ever force sensitive clone that we've seen in any kind of in any kind of uh, fashion outside of the comics, because to me it's like. She has there has to be something drastically different about her, you know. Because again, I will definitely chalk that up to bad writing if if it does come out that no, she's just the best of of all of them. Yeah, that's that's bad writing. It needs to be something that sets her way apart from them. And what would do that is if she was a force sensitive clone. Um, that would be that would be history in the making as far as the the Star Wars world in, in this canon goes. It, it hadn't existed. Everyone knows that it's impossible to do. Um, so, I, I mean, again, I'm not setting my expectations for her to be force sensitive. I'm just saying, as long as it's not lazy, I can live with whatever they, you know, whatever they come up with. Um, so that's where my mindset is about it. But I've been loving these episodes. Can't wait for the new one to drop this week. Um, bravo to Filoni and that team with the Bad Batch, man. This is very much something that I can't wait to see if it connects with anything going forward. Yeah. I hope, I mean, I think we already know that it has some connection, but um, I can't wait to see what else it connects with, you know? Right. All right, just two more things before we, uh, I let you get out of here, Joel. We got a, um... by the way, so I just realized this. Listening to that Loki clip, right? Did you catch the the clip from the uh, the award show? Yeah. Okay. So when he mentions that those three statues are lizards, yeah, it is. is it okay, I'm familiar with the characters he's referring to, and I already told you I I came to the conclusion it was not, um, God, uh, whatever I thought those three heads originally were. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that we know who they are, I think I know who, uh, Richard, Richard Grant might be. Who's that? Richard Grant might be the guy who created those three. Remember in the comic books, the, the old man that created the three of those time Lords. Okay. Um, and if that's the case, 
Would you like to know why that would make me very angry, Joe? <laughs> why? If they do go the direction of that, do you remember one of the biggest stories of those Time Lords? No. <laughs> All right, one one of now. I'm not for our listeners out there. I'm not saying the one of their biggest arcs was the uh, the guy that created them sent them on a mission to stop Mephisto from enacting his plans against Wanda. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was one of their missions was to stop Mephisto from enacting his plan. So I'm like, oh, God, please just don't. Please don't let any of this be be true mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna go god damn another story where Mephisto could have popped up and I know a lot of people keep pointing out to me that um because when I mentioned that the other day they, they were pointing out to me that when you watch the Loki trailer again there is a uh it looks like a, a church glass that has a, a demon that looks just like Mephisto on it and I'm like no I will not let you guys pull me down there again absolutely not no 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 mm-hmm. no no um, but I did enjoy the clip. Um, I, I want to know very little. Like, this is as far as I'm going, as far as speculation on anything Loki. Uh, it's best for my heart if this is as far as I let it go. Um, so I'm not looking into anything else, but there's a lot of other things to look into, 100%. Um, but how did you like the little clip that we got? It was cool. Uh, I want to see a lot more. <laughs> I want to see. I like. I'm actually looking forward to the show because obviously, I'm, I'm just, at this point, I'm just feeding for more Marvel content. But I, yeah, I am looking forward to this version of Loki. Um, obviously, this when I first announced Loki, I wasn't exactly super excited because I'm like, I think we've gotten enough. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I like what they're doing with it. It's very different, uh, and they're using the TVA and oh. I, you know, I hate fucking time jumping and multiverse bullshit. This shit gets confusing, but this looks at least somewhat funny. Uh, and the fact the fact that they're pulling the TVA into the MCU is like Marvel. <laughs> like, wow. Um, so the, uh, interesting and again, something you never expect to see in reality. Um, but I do look forward to seeing what other characters pop up and how they explain everything and me actually liking Loki. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it, <clears throat> excuse me. It legit comes down to the idea of um, as long as you make it make sense, I can, I can say yes to a lot. It's just the idea of like, at some point you have to let him go so you can bring in someone else and it be accepted. Um, rather than people going, no, 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 that's fine. It's fine that Doom's here, but like, can't can't Loki be here too? No, no, no. You've gotten everything. You've milked everything from the stone. Like you, you've gotten every ounce of blood, sweat, and tears from that stone. You got to just let it go. You got move on to the next one. Let there be a new Loki that you can latch on to and enjoy. But this has to stop. <laughs> like, and that's why I say. Everyone is such a hypocrite, Joel, where I'm like, damn, we need Stark back. And they're like, no, his death meant something. And you got to actually mean something with these deaths. And it's like, dude, didn't you just say you're excited for the Loki show? What the yeah. fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what, the, what the hell was the whole point of 
uh, Loki dying in the first one, and even Thanos going, no coming back from this. And yeah. then in the very next movie, he comes back from it. It's like, well, uh, come on, guys. <laughs> like, come on now. He's a um, very does he continue to exist after this? That's another interesting. That's a very interesting point. And Joel, I think he does because I think we heard rumors that he's supposed to be in Love and Thunder. Yeah, and there's supposed to be a season two. <laughs> right. So it's like this will never end, bro. This is like this is our television version of or our character version of Zack Snyder. It just will never end. <laughs> Keeps coming back. Perpetual. It's perpetual. All right. Um, I want to talk just uh, I want to talk Batwoman and then I want to talk to uh, the Snake Eyes trailer and then we can get out of here. Um, Batwoman, I want to just flat out ask you not your thoughts on the episode. I want to ask you, Joel, how you feel about mixing politics with uh, our content. Well, let me start by saying I haven't watched this week's episode. Oh, Uh, goodness gracious. Then I'm glad I posed the question like that and didn't. uh anything <laughs> uh, i just uh, to watch it this morning and obviously I didn't watch it sunday um i guess i could watch it after this maybe not I'll watch tomorrow <laughs> okay watch it tomorrow it's already midnight watch, you're gonna fall asleep yeah I, um, sleep all right. all. <laughs> let's just move past it we'll we'll talk about it we'll talk about it for sure uh because they're on break till june Oh, all right. Shit. So, yeah, we can talk it next week where, where we talk Flash, you know, Superman and Lois is returning. So we'll, we'll talk we'll the this. whole slate next right. week. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk the whole slate next week. Um, all right. So we got 59 seconds, you know. Thank excuse me, thank you for that, people mm-hmm. out there in the trailer world, you know, because a movie only filmed two weeks and gave us two minutes and fifty-five seconds, but you know, whatever. Um, your thoughts, Joel, on this uh, G.I. Joe origin Snake Eyes trailer? Uh, as I said yesterday, it kind of kind of looked exactly how I imagined it. Um, but you know, it was generic. You know, it looked interesting. Certain parts looked interesting, but like it didn't like wow me super much. Um, I'm very curious, like how they're going to tell the story because I I don't know. How what what direction they're really going in? Uh, it just seems like it is an origin tale, and um, I'm there for the ride. And, you know, see what happens. Yeah, I, I told AJ four o'clock this morning because for some reason he he works in the morning, so he yeah he has weird hours. Yeah, he forgets that we're asleep. <laughs> <laughs> four o'clock. So he finally checks was- the trailer, and he's like, "Oh, you would have loved it if he had the mask on." And I said. I don't think anyone gets what my issue with this is. And it's not the mask. It's I, I, I said it to you, Joel. I get that you're creating snake eyes. I've never yeah. once told you that I expected him to wear the mask from the opening credits to the ending credits. Never once said that. That's not my issue. My issue is you're changing things unnecessarily. For example, in the comics, Storm Shadow does not enlist snake eyes to joining the Arashikage. That was his grandfather. And the whole reason why that's important, because I know people are going to go, well, who cares, Juwan? That's only important because uh, uh, Storm Shadow's grandfather enlisting him into the Arashikage is what grew the tension between the two because it seemed as though the master was favoring Snake Eyes more than his own blood. So if Storm Shadow's bringing him in, 
where the hell would the jealousy come from if you brought him in and he's training him himself? Well, we got to watch the movie to find out. For sure. I am only reacting off of what I saw, not on what, what it will be, because I don't know. So it's the idea, and it's why I'm not screaming and, and hooping and hollering right now, but it is just frustrating because it's like Snake Eyes was brought in at a very young age to yeah. be the Kage, and he grew up with Storm Shadow. They became like brothers. The rift became when Snake Eyes essentially became a better student than him. He learned more. He got more. He was closer to the sensei. Storm Shadow didn't like that. There are some versions where Storm Shadow kills the sensei because of the the rift between them and the jealousy. So it's just the idea of, it seems like in this, Snake Eyes is this world-renowned, like, uh, I guess, assassin. And I guess him and Storm Shadow know each other, so he recruits him to joining them to help him. And it's like, wow what <laughs> like what you know and, and you know i won't be one of those people did the sword thing on top of the the cars look cool sure yeah uh-huh yeah but to me visuals aren't the only thing that sells something like this um and the last thing i want to say is everyone who keeps saying they don't care if snake eyes talks wears the mask they could care less I will tell them this. Snake Eyes isn't Batman. He does not have an alter ego. So being in that suit, wearing that mask is everything to the character because that's all he has. Like, he doesn't take the helmet off and there'll be a businessman. <laughs> during right. that. So it's different than what you're used to in a Batman or a Flash who can take the cowl off and go be a businessman the next day. That's not Snake. He's in that all day, all year round. So it's like the idea of me seeing him as a grown man and seeing this story evolve to what it is. And I, they even hinted in it in the behind the scenes uh, video that, that came out right after the trailer where it goes, they wanted to play with a snake eyes before, you know, he loses his voice. And it's like, I don't think me or Pete or JD ever thought they wouldn't take his voice. It was the fear of, how are you going about it? And how are you going to do the story? And from this little snippet, which by the way, I don't know why it wasn't a full length trailer. The movie comes out in two months. Um, but um, that's another scary sight. But to me, I don't know. There were just fundamental changes that just didn't need to be changed. That again, I have to watch it and see why. Um, but that's what my reaction was based off of was, was just like, wait, storm shadows bringing him in as a grown man that's just that's as weird as when they were telling me batman was bringing in a robin that was like in his late 20s early 30s what the fuck is that well that wasn't i don't consider him robin you can call him robin <laughs> but, no. but you know but see you feel what i feel but it's on a different level you understand how that makes absolutely no sense that's ridiculous mm-hmm a grown man bringing in another grown man and then calling him Robin? Well, his name was Robin. That's even worse, Joel. <laughs> like, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. I think we're talking about two different things. You're talking about Nolan, right? Yeah. I'm talking about Schumacher. <laughs> uh, he wasn't a grown man, but yeah, he was like a teenager, but still. Was like, like a college He was definitely an adult. <laughs> Right. That's that's all my point is. That's all my point is. To me, it's, yeah. it's weird. And again, I've told you before, Joel, 
I don't need Robin to be 10 years old. I'm, I'm not asking for that. Do I need him to be 16 years old at least? Yes. I still like to see him grow and develop. He's already a grown man. It's like, well, where does there to grow? Yeah, yeah. I want to see him Robin. Right. That's all I'm saying. So that's that's what I'm saying. And and I knew once me and you talked, you would understand me a lot better than me just going off the way that I did. Because it's we appreciate at the end of the day, Joel, we appreciate storytelling. And to us, I, I believe, and I'm speaking for you here. So step in and correct me whenever I, I'm I'm oh I will. I'm misstepping, but you know, to me, to change a story, it's like who are you conforming it to? And, and, do, and is it necessary? Like, you don't have to change the story. Like, you very easily could do flashbacks of Snake Eyes as a kid being raised in the Arashikage. And they then pass, the, say it again. Yeah. I said they did in the G.I. Joe movie. Exactly. Exactly. Terrible movies. But that part was great. <laughs> but it showed you how the rift between the two occurred. is because there was a jealousy that's been seeded since they were children. So that's what I'm saying. That's that's why that's important to me. Um, so that's that's where I'm coming from in it. It's just like, yeah. ugh. Well, I already, I don't know what doing yet. That's the thing. I just don't know what the, the story they're telling you. So before I, plus I don't know all that. You know, <laughs> like, um, and, and my, that's my, at the end of the my, day. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Me coming in as uh, as just a fan of Snake Eyes the look of snake eyes i don't know anything about snake aside from i know that he doesn't talk and he doesn't take off his mask and he looks fucking cool that's it that's all i know because i don't care about jerry joe i didn't grow up with jerry joe fan um i just like the ninja the ninja was awesome i like playing with the ninja character um and that's that's how i knew and i only know about his background from that movie you know i could watch the movie and the movie gave me a little bit of background on the character I'm like, okay cool and then, of course, and then the sequel it gave me a little bit more, which those are like probably the best parts of the, that movie. Um, and now he's gonna get his own movie, and like, oh, they're gonna tell the story, and I'm just gonna sit there. All right, what? Well, I gotta see what the story is first. Right, and, and 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 I completely get that, but that's you coming from a not knowing, and it, and it's the same thing me and you always tell people when they're like, well, what's the big deal if Batman kills, or what's the big deal if there's never a Robin, and it's like, well hold on like did did you did you read the the books where batman vowed never to kill it's the whole whole thing of his parents died so he did but we've been through batman's that do kill and we had no robin we had for, different versions of batman forever now for sure and how frustrating were we with the idea of all of that it's frustrating but doesn't right. mean the movies were bad and i'm not saying this is bad because i have not seen it but oh, yeah. it's <laughs> frustrating to know that it's making the fundamental uh changes that we just said all those batman movies did a hundred percent yeah but i say watch the movie first then you can complain look i can complain about every batman movie that have been that's ever been out all of them all of them i think it would be accurate because but i love them all (laughs) like you get what i'm saying I think, uh, Joel, that's more so because we just love Batman so much. But that's not what I mean. Just enjoy right. Batman. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, it's different. Not everything's going to be completely accurate, but you still get, at the end of the day, you still got Batman. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, we've become spoiled with with Batman, so we've had to just accept. There's it. a lot of Batman. Yes, There's a lot. But where where I think Snake Eyes had an advantage that Batman does not is that it's not so world renowned. Like not everyone knows it. No. So like when they you gotta watch, sell Snake Eyes to the world, right? But here's they my here's my perfect example. You tell me all the time how Invincible is barely different than the comic book that you read, right? Yeah. Very different, oh, very little it different. Not, it did not cater to me, who's never heard of Invincible. It catered to you, who is very much familiar with the 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 story of Invincible, and it <sighs> catered to you by giving you the moment where he throws a trash bag. That's such a, a small moment that is so frivolous that if they didn't add, you wouldn't have been upset. But they put it know. in there for they put it in there for you though. So what I'm saying is Snake Eyes is so unknown to a large portion of the world. Why not cater it to the people who love and respect Snake Eyes? Because they won't. <laughs> already, already in what you're doing is not. Is not. It already isn't. Like, we're, let me ask you this. Were there any fundamental differences on Invincible from the comic? Fundamental difference? No. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's some race changes and shit. That was about it. Yeah, okay. So, see, I... Gender swapping. That's I about know it. He, I know Pete doesn't like it, and I respect the reason why he doesn't like it. I, I know Pete doesn't like the race swap of Snake Eyes. To me, I don't care because once he puts the mask on, he doesn't even talk. So I, I don't care what the race is of well, Snake. Yeah, definitely, a lot of people upset about. I don't care either. Yeah, I mean, it's to me if he was if if the character Snake Eyes shows his face all the time, okay, sure, I can understand it. But knowing that he puts a mask on and never takes it off. I don't care. He could be purple underneath there. I don't, I don't give a shit. He's a disfigured blonde haired blue eyed guy. Exactly. So now he's looking blue. <laughs> disfigured guy. <laughs> right. You know? Right. But ultimately, it doesn't truly change who Snake Eyes is. But to right. me, the, the story of Snake Eyes, because he doesn't really have anything else, right. it's so important to him. And that's why I say that's what frustrates me about you changing the story, because that's that's all he has. You know what I'm saying? Like, that'd be like someone that decided Batman's parents aren't going to die in an alley. They're going to die in his home. And it's like, why? Why would we you? So we still don't know what that thing is yet, though. That's that's my thing. We don't know how they're going to explain that story between him and Storm Shadow, you know? Like, okay. That's so early. Like, uh, we don't know what the story is technically yet. Okay. Uh, we know, obviously, him getting disfigured and losing his voice seems like it's going to happen. Just when? I don't know. Maybe at the end of the movie, just because that's what they do. <laughs> um, we'll we'll definitely see. You are not wrong, but again, like I said, all we can judge off is what we've seen. That's it. And if we didn't see anything, and I was making these these proclamations, I would go. You know what? Joel's a hundred percent right. Like it's literally coming from. I haven't even seen anything yet. But to me, I can only judge off of what they've shown, and what they've yeah. shown it very much makes it seem like. Um, you know, he's just now joining the Arashikage. And it's just like, I, no. <laughs> no. And, and again, I could be 100% wrong. I'm hoping that I am. I want to love this movie. But everything in me is, like, I watched this trailer, Joel, I, I swear to you, like 30 times. Just to see if, like, something I missed that was said, that's like, I, oh. I watched it, like, three more times after you shit it on it. And I'm like, I don't see what <laughs> And I'm like, so we did the same thing and we just saw different things. Right. Different but, people look at it. To be fair, Joel, 
we were looking at two different things. Exactly. I'm only speaking from a story standpoint. You're saying you don't know the story, so that's not what right. you're looking for. But you also got upset about the toy and the way he looks, and I'm like, he looks like Snake Eyes. <laughs> no, like, no, I no, don't no. Get it. that because Joel, the one thing about Snake Eyes is he doesn't have a cape, like he doesn't have a cow. So you got to nail the actual suit. And but I'm his like, always changes. Every time I see him, it looks like a different version of the same suit. Right, right. But I'm saying I didn't like the design of the toy suit. It could have been better. There are other Snake Eyes figures that just have better that have better designs. It looks That's fine. It look, it look, like they nailed the main concept of him. I think in, in general. And again, it's a toy, so you don't get all the real details. So we really ha still haven't seen him in costume in all his glory yet. No, and that's why I'm I'm. Nothing I've said has been about him in costume in the movie because again I haven't seen it. I saw the mask and I'm like, all right, the mask is good. It, it's yeah. nowhere near as bad as the last two masks that I saw. Um, so I'm like, nope. okay, cool, sure. And we did see part of the suit. Um, if you look closely, it's what he's wearing when he's shooting the submachine gun out of the car. Out of the car, okay. Yeah, that's that, that looks like at least a prototype of of the suit if it's not the actual suit. Um, so yeah, like I said, like I said wait, hold on, say it again. <laughs> so it looks like he's gonna be wearing a lot of black in this movie. So 100 that's that's what he should be doing when he's training. He's in black, he's in a black ninja attire. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I love that. Um, Andrew Koji has a bit of an, an Asian accent. I did love that. And Storm Shadow to me always has to have two swords. I don't care where you put them. I, I usually love the look of putting them on on, on his side. Mm -hmm. They don't do that enough, and I love that. I love the look of that. It's hot. Like, say it again. What do you mean on his side? Like the uh, the sheaths. Instead of it being uh, on his back, they're on his side. You like them on his waist, like. I okay. like him. Yeah, I like I like him on his waist. Um, to me, everyone puts the sheath on their back. Do something different. That's common. Yeah. There's a version of Snake Eyes that his sheath is actually on his lower back. I yeah. like that. I'm like I love I I like it too. Um, but yeah, so the the biggest thing I left out of this this trailer with was um, still have no fucking idea where, where um where Scarlet comes in in any of this. But the biggest thing that I took from it was I was looking for Andrew Koji to sell me, and he sold me. So I did leave smiling with that. It was just like I love me some Andrew Koji, man. Um, so I was very 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 happy on that. AJ's actually rewatching uh. Uh, what you call it again? So I was really happy for that. I'm like, yeah, keep watching it, man. That's oh, warrior. good warrior, yeah. Nice. But um, that's all I got, man. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll definitely see how you know. I, I assume at some point they have to release like the actual trailer. Like this was a teaser. Yeah, we're, the movie's coming soon, so you'll get another one and. We'll get more visuals and story points, and I'm excited because, like, I like ninjas. <laughs> yeah, and from the look of it, you're gonna get some good ninja, uh, some good ninja action. That's that's for sure. Mm -hmm. So that scratch will be itched, or that itch will be scratched. Yeah, we still haven't seen them in costume fighting, so I look I look forward to seeing the two of them go at it in costume. You know. Yeah, and seeing why they go at it, because that. That's going to be important. Again, it speaks to the... Yeah, but the fact that we know they're going to probably go at it, that means there's going to be an issue. And that was just, why is there an issue is the question. Yes, 100%. 
Um, I'm even putting it on now uh, again because I just want to see the shot. Yeah, he's on top of the car in an all-black attire. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and then the submachine gun one. No, it's the same attire that he wore from on top of the car. Uh, on top of the cars from before. I was wrong. What was it? Um, see, I, can't tell. I mean, I don't know. That could be a pre-costume type of thing. Who knows? It, it could just be one of those things, you know, when um, like uh, when they send the seals and them out there, they uh, they yeah. blend into their surroundings, right? Because it's just it's just he just basically wears like a at least one I the most thing guys grew up with. It's just basically like a onesie almost, <laughs> with like yeah. uh, an inch feet and the swords and the guns and the grenades and like some type of belt. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong at all. Yeah, and um, the visor, I don't know. I've always I don't again. I don't know how he sees through it, <laughs> but it looks cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm gonna have to ask Pete and JD that if if they ever really mentioned that in the books. I don't, I don't remember that either. I don't I don't really recall how he sees out of that thing either. Um, guess, but but it's still got to be very hard to see. <laughs> yeah, I would say he's very much of a um. He's it's movement based. He's kind of like Daredevil in the sense of he can sense movements and then react right. to them. Right. Um, but it also could be he could see out of it. So who knows? Yeah. Um, but all right, Joel. Uh, I think we've literally tackled everything uh, that's yeah. out there. Um, we will be doing Figure It Out this Wednesday. Word. So I'm excited for that. Tia wants to join in on that episode. Does she? Um, yes, she does. So that'll be fun. My mom actually, whenever we do the... um rom-com romantic comedy one that uh jd wanted to do right she wants to join it so i'm like oh lord um <laughs> so that'll be fun <laughs> yeah um but all right that's all we got for you guys on an all new episode of much to do about nothing make sure you guys are subscribing to our youtube channel commenting liking subscribing uh figure it out is on there top 10 our interviews geek vibes live um, so much content is on our YouTube page. Go there, like, comment, subscribe, share your thoughts. Let us know how much you disagree with everything that I say. Um, <laughs> or don't. <laughs> or don't. Or don't. Uh, but make sure you guys are going there and checking that out. Um, but you will hear me and Joel's voice again on Figure It Out this week. So till then, peace. Peace. Ah. <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 